Hi, this is Pastor Austin from Connection Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our services, you can go to ConnectionNYC.com or check us out at ConnectionNYC on Instagram. Hope you enjoy it and hope to see you soon. Good morning and welcome to Connection Church. Uh, Thank you guys for um, being here. We have been going through a series over teaching, over teaching. If you guys know me, then you know that I have three kids and I do a lot of teaching. So when I, when I was doing this uh, or preparing this sermon series, I was like, hey, I think I know a thing or two about the importance of being able to teach someone information and live with that person and that information and help them practice it. And then the question that I always get, and we've talked about this a little bit, the question I always get when I tell my kids anything is why? Why? And so I thought, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to build that into the structure of the sermon series of talking about, hey, Scripture tells us to do X, Y, Z, and kind of leave the sermon at that, and then circle back around and say, this is why Scripture tells us to do these things. This is why we should obey Scripture. And so today, uh, a couple weeks ago, we went over uh, teaching as it pertains to evangelism, which is this initial kind of surface-level conversation that you're having with people, sharing the good news of Jesus, and seeing if they connect with it, right? And so we talked about evangelism and, the, and, and a little bit about how we do that and how Scripture explains that we should do that. And so today, I thought we would go through evangelism. Why? Why is it important to evangelize? Why have we been called to do this? And so if you guys would turn to Romans chapter 10, we'll be in verses 8 through 15 this morning. And so, like I was saying, we've, we've spent some time and in broken teaching into these categories of evangelism and discipleship. And last week, we actually learned that those really do go hand in hand. And we said that evangelism can be thought of as this initial foundation of a conversation about the good news of Jesus. And discipleship is this intentional continuation of that conversation through living life together that brings us closer to Jesus. So evangelism and discipleship. And now we're going to spend a couple of weeks answering the question, why? Why do we teach? And this week we're saying, why do we evangelize? And so starting in Romans chapter 10 and verse 8, it says, and if if you guys have did the lyrics right, if you scan the QR code at the bottom, if you scroll past all the lyrics, we have the scripture there for you. If you have your own version or physical Bible you'd like to go in, that's great. If you didn't get to scan the QR code, connection.family is where you can find all of those things, connection.family. So starting in verse 8, Paul says, what does it say in his letter to the Romans? What does it say? And we'll kind of go over that a little more in a minute. It says, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. In verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And so Paul communicates this part of his letter that the word is near us. For those of us who proclaim a word of faith, those of us who follow Jesus, those of us who call ourselves Christians, our hope, which is the message of Christ, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, it's near to us. Our hope is near And he's communicating this to people who have an understanding of the law of Moses that correlates salvation to obeying law and repentant action. And so in the verses before this, he kind of goes into saying, let's not get caught up in 
the, the dynamics of everyday life. Let's not get caught up in the obeying and the, the repentant action in as much as that is what saves us, right? He's saying these things are valuable, but when Jesus came, something shifted. Jesus paid this debt for us. And so we no longer have to look at someone and by their actions or by their sacrifice say, oh, they're going to go to heaven or they're not going to go to heaven. What we can do is we can know that the faith and the hope of the Lord Jesus is near us and we just share that with others. And if they confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and they believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they will be saved. Jesus takes the questioning out of it, and it's near to us. So he's communicating this truth to a people who have, have traditionally correlated salvation with the law of Moses, which is kind of obeying law and repentant action. And what Paul is communicating is because of this good news of Jesus, we just need to engage the faith that is near to us. There's not all these other prerequisites. There's this available message of Jesus that is near to us and we just have to engage it. Just confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead and then we will be saved. And scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, period. That's it. Nothing more. This is the message of salvation. There's no need to add or take away. This is salvation. The hope is near. Living in New York City, there's a lot of cool aspects about New York City. And when I was preparing this sermon, it made me think of just how difficult actually it's been the last several years. And so there's all these cool things about New York, but there's also all these really difficult things about New York. And a lot of people say like, hey, anything, you know, worth fighting for is going to have its challenges, right? I I often feel that way about my life in New York City, right? There's just so many incredible things that we get to experience living here that other people only dream about experiencing. But then there's things that we experience here that only people ever have nightmares (laughs) about experiencing, right? It's like both ends of the spectrum. But, and maybe that's even more true the past couple of years walking through the pandemic. It's potentially now more challenging to live in New York than it ever has been, right? But one of my favorite things about New York, on the good side of the spectrum, is how available everything is. If you want a pizza, you want a bagel, Thai food, an oil change, haircut, bank loan, you know, tax prep, print shop, passport photo, pharmacy, you name it, it's more than likely within a couple of blocks. And if you're wondering how I made that list, I literally just walked out my front door and just spun and named a handful. That's not even anywhere. That's probably 60% of the businesses that were in sight, right? But the list was becoming a little too long, right? Everything in New York is so available to us. Things are near to us in this city. The gospel is available to us. It's near to us. So in that way, it's like New York City, right? The gospel is as available to us as it is as anything else in New York City is to us, right? If, we, if I wanted to go across and get crown chicken and pizza and any like, number of food that I could ever dream, it's literally right there. In the same way, the gospel is right there for us. Paul says, the hope of Jesus Christ, salvation itself is near, it's available. And so therefore, why do we evangelize? We evangelize because the gospel has been made available to us. So if you're taking notes, the first thing you want to put down is why? Because the gospel is available. Because it's available. In order for the gospel to be available to us, that means someone made it available to us. It means we heard, someone told us about the gospel. 
And so if someone has told us about the gospel, the call for us to continue sharing moves us forward and saying, we have this thing that's available to us and we want to make it available to others. If we continue in Romans chapter 10 and we see in verse 11, it says, For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The gospel is not only for a select group. It's for everyone. And since everyone can be saved, we share the gospel with everyone. Since anyone can be saved, we share the gospel with everyone. There's a filmmaker here in the city. Uh, his name is Jason De Silva. You may have heard of him. You may not have heard of him. But he's an award-winning filmmaker. And in the early 2000s, he was literally traveling the world and directing prolific documentary films. In 2005, he was diagnosed with MS, and his filmmaking and creative process was affected greatly. While it changed dramatically how he was able to shoot films and direct them and what projects he could take on, it did not stop him from moving forward and continuing to make incredible award-winning films, including a documentary about his diagnosis and how it affected his life called When I Walk. It's called When I Walk. He had a follow-up movie that talked about how his diagnosis affected not only him but his family, which is also very good, called When We Walk. When We Walk. In addition to his filmmaking, Jason actually created a tool called Access Map. Some of you may have been here long enough and may have also interacted with, we had a few church members interact with a mission team several years back, and what we actually did is we walked around Astoria and we mapped different businesses. This tool that he's created, Access Map, it's A-X-S, but stands for Access Map. It's basically like Yelp for people with a disability. You can go in and you can create a rating for a space, whether it's got a handicap ramp or whether it has enough space for your chair to fit in, or for people who have other disabilities, whether there's like a lot of bright flashing lights or if it's a loud environment or if it's just welcoming for everyone, you can give it, basically you can put in whatever notes you want and there's all these different areas that you can rate how accessible the locations in New York City are to everyone. It may, I don't know, it was a surprise to me. It wasn't a huge surprise, but it was at least a bit of a surprise. Have you ever thought about the accessibility issues of New York? And I know that it's kind of been hot button topic the past several years, but before that, not a lot of people were, were thinking about it. There was, in fact, someone who, on YouTube, uh, I think he lived somewhere in Queens, but he wanted to go to Williamsburg when the Rainbow Bagel was blowing up. And it was like a big thing, and there was a specific spot on South 4th Street in Williamsburg that he wanted to go to. And he documented like what he had to do to get from his apartment to Williamsburg. And what should have taken 25 to 30 minutes took him like literally two and a half hours. And he had to like roll several stations and like had to, he went to a station that had an elevator, but it was broken. So he had to go to a different station. Just wild, right? And so Jason, as a filmmaker, said, what can I do? So he creates this tool, but he also started creating films about these issues and specifically how they relate to him. And it helps us see that while everything in the city is super available to us, not all of the city is accessible to everyone, right? It's available for everyone. Yeah, come on in. 
It's available. Yeah, you can be in here. But for some people, it's just not accessible. And so for us, the great thing about the gospel is not only is it available, but it's also accessible. Anyone can access it, right? It doesn't say um, everyone who believes in him might not be put to shame or only a select few who believe in him won't be put to shame. It says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we share the gospel because it's available to us, but we share it boldly and confidently because we know it's accessible to everyone. There's not one person that we will take the gospel to that it's not accessible to them. There's not one person that we're going to say, hey, Jesus loves you, and that's not true. There's not one person that we could walk up to and say, hey, Jesus died for you, and that's not true. It's accessible to every single person that we would ever share the gospel with. And so not only do we share it because it's available, we share it because it is accessible. We share it boldly. We share it confidently because we know that it applies to everyone that we connect with. Paul makes this point when he says, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of who? Lord of all. And in fact, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So we share the gospel because it's available. We share it boldly and confidently because it is accessible. If we continue in Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 14, it says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but for God's kingdom to grow, the gospel must be shared. For God's kingdom to grow, we must evangelize. He has made it available to us. He's made the good news accessible to us. And we are plan A. God chooses to move through his people. God chooses to build his kingdom through his people. Did he have to choose that? Absolutely not. Would he be just at any point in time in saying, you know what? I want to choose to build my kingdom a different way because my followers just aren't getting it done. He would probably be justified in saying that. But what we know from Scripture and what we know historically from how God has moved is that he has called us to share the gospel. He has called us to be the ones who build his kingdom by sharing the good news, its availability, and its accessibility. All who call on the name of Jesus will be saved. So Paul asks this series of questions, and he kind of works backwards to how the gospel continues to stay available and accessible. And he says, okay, if it's accessible to everyone and all they have to do is call on the name of the Lord, then how do they know to call upon the name of the Lord, right? It says, how will they know on whom to call if they have not believed? And how can they believe if they've never heard? And how can they hear if no one preaches? And how can no one preach unless they are sent? So if we work backwards, we know that God has sent us to preach and share the good news of Jesus 
so that some may hear, so that when they hear, they may believe, so that when they believe, they may confess the name of Jesus and say, I believe, Lord, that you are the only way to heaven, that you are salvation. I believe that you died and God raised you from the dead. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart. And because of that, I am saved. But how can any of that happen if we are not first sent to preach? So we share the gospel because it's available. We share it boldly and confidently because it's accessible. And we share it because it's necessary. Sharing the gospel is necessary for God's kingdom to grow. It didn't have to be. But this is how God has chosen to move and work and utilize his people. And so in this call to evangelize, in this call to share, it's our job to make ourselves available for God to work through us. It's not us taking a message to people and being like the ultimate salesman, right? We don't have this sales pitch where we're like, you really should look into this. It's a pretty good investment. The ROI is great because when you die, you're never going to really die, right? That's not the point. The point is we've been giving something that has the most value that we will ever be given. It's the good news of Jesus. It's the faith that we carry that's been made near to us. And we take that and we make that near to others and we share with them that it's accessible by anyone. And in doing this, God grows his kingdom. And so my question toward the end of all this would be, when's the last time that you made the gospel available to someone else? When's the last time that you shared with someone this thing that I believe? I believe that it applies to you too. It's accessible for you. I don't just believe that Jesus did this for me and people who go to church. I believe that he did it for everyone. And I want you to know that. When's the last time you thought to yourself, there are people in my life that God has placed in my life specifically for me to make the gospel available to? And if I don't do it, the gospel may not be made available to them. God has chosen to use me for a, such a time as this. Now, that's not to say that God's entire plan or his entire kingdom rests on the shoulders of one person. That's not to say that God can't work anyway around disobedience because he does that every single day of our life. We're not perfect, right? We constantly make mistakes and God works in and through those mistakes. What that is to say is that this is how serious God wants us to take sharing the good news, is that he has made us the first plan. Now, he has the power and the capability and the ability to do it other ways. And sometimes I pray that he does, because in my own life, it's challenging to constantly take this approach. And I know that I'm not perfect. And I know that I've failed in this area so many times that I pray, God, please cover up those mistakes. If there was somebody I was supposed to share the gospel with and I didn't, please give someone else the boldness or let me have another go at it or just make it clear that this is what I'm supposed to do. I can remember there was a time in college where there was an atheist in one of my classes and I just really felt like, man, I need to share the gospel with this guy. And I can't remember what class it was, but it was like two or three classes in a row and I didn't do it. And he was just so adamantly against Jesus, I thought, it's just not even going to be a productive conversation. Like, I'm just going to make him upset, so that's why I'm not going 
to share the gospel with him. And I came in the fourth day and he wasn't there. And I came in the fifth time we had class and he wasn't there. And I asked our professor, I said, you know, where's this person? He said, oh, he transferred out of the class. He's, he doesn't come to this class anymore. And I thought, well, that stinks because <laughs> I think I'm supposed to share the gospel with that guy. And I think I missed my window. And so I just immediately started praying. I said, God, either put that dude in my life somehow or put someone else in his life that's willing to share the gospel and be faithful in a way that I wasn't. And it was literally the next day, and this dude is just walking across the middle of campus. And I was like, target acquired. You know, like, <laughs> I, I sprinted across the middle of campus. Like, this would have been so much more casual just after class. Like, hey, man, you want to grab some coffee? Like, we should talk about, you know, how class is going. No, no, that's not how I did it. I was like, hey, hey, you, come back. And he was, he was like startled, right? And so caught up with him, and I was just like, hey, man, um, I really wanted to be able to hang out with you and get to know you a little bit more, um, and now you don't take the same class as me. Can we hang out sometime? He's like, yeah, sure. And so we hung out. We had conversations about Jesus. I shared what I believed. He shared what, what he believed. And in my heart, it didn't seem like the conversations went very far, but I knew I'd been faithful. And later that semester, he was attending a, a service of another ministry and he got saved later that semester. And he started going because of the conversation that we had. So I didn't get to physically be the one who led him to Jesus. But because I was willing to make the gospel available to him and share with him that it was accessible, and because I understood enough that it was necessary for me to be involved in that process, regardless of what the outcome was, God blessed me with an opportunity to see this guy again, which I never randomly saw him on campus another day after that. If we saw each other, it's because we planned to meet. It wasn't like I just bumped into him at any given time. And so the encouragement is this. Carry the weight of evangelism like it's necessary. Because I think a lot of us carry it like, you know what? It'd be nice if I share the gospel. Maybe I'll do that today. But the intention is it's near to you. You have this hope that you're carrying. It's accessible to you. It's accessible to others. And it's necessary for you to share for God to work in the lives of others. Let's pray. God, we're just so grateful for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. God, we're grateful for your gospel. We're grateful for your word. We're grateful for Paul, who speaks these difficult truths in a way that are challenging, but also loving. And God, I pray that that's how we would receive this message. God, I pray that we would feel loved. We would feel encouraged, but we would also feel challenged, God individually as a church to just continually do a better and better job of making the gospel available and accessible to others. God, we are so grateful and humbled that you choose to use people as your plan A. God, that you choose to use your church as the vessel that you would move on this earth and build your kingdom. God, that you've chosen to use Connection Church in so many ways. God, you've allowed us to plant two churches. You've allowed us to put on events for the neighborhood. You've provided us a space to meet in. God, you provide us with leaders while our lead pastor is on sabbatical. God, you are just constantly working in and around and through this church. And for that, we are grateful. But Lord, we also don't rest on those things. God, we, we want to have a, a fire in our heart. God, we have this desire. We want to grow, Lord. We want to replant in this section of the neighborhood. God, we want to offer uh, open art cafes. God, we want to offer things for the moms of our neighborhood. God, we want to connect in a way that's impactful, Lord. We want to provide hope for our neighborhood. 
God, there's so many things that you have opened the door for us to do, but the thing that is the most hopeful, the thing that we have that is more valuable than anything else we could do for this neighborhood is near to us. God, it's available to us. It's accessible. And it is the word, the good news of the word, the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's nothing that we can share as a church that's more important than that. So God, I pray that we would carry that as a necessity, God, that we would approach every day of our lives and know we are called to share truth about your son, Jesus. This is the way that you build your kingdom. This is the way that you called us to live. Why do we do that? Because it's what you called us to, God. It's what you've called us to. So, Lord, I pray that this time would just be transformative in our hearts, God, that it would be impactful, that it would lead us to follow you more closely, God, that it would lead us to be bold and confident in sharing the good news of your Son. And, God, we would see just people by the droves, Lord. We would just see a movement. We would see a powerful movement of your Spirit in our neighborhood, God, that as we come into contact with those, Lord, you would just move in ways that we can't. God, you haven't called us to save people. You haven't called us to be salesmen. You haven't called us to convince. You've simply just called us to make your word available. So God, may we faithfully just carry your word to others and just share it and just watch you do incredible things beyond our wildest imagination. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.